Hello, welcome to another episode of Vet Chat, the UK's number one veterinary podcast. I'm Anthony Chadwick from the Webinar Vet, and I'm thrilled to have Sue Skeets on the line today, who is the founder of 100 Ways in 100 Days. As many of you know, I have a passion for sustainability, and it's so exciting to have people uh, that are attracted to some of the work that we're doing um, and we get to speak to some really cool people and definitely Sue is in that category. Uh, so amazing to speak to you, uh, introduced by a, a good friend of both of ours, Jade Statt, who's of course doing amazing work at Street Vet. Uh, but she was telling me about 100 um, ways in 100 days. Uh, so it'd be lovely to hear about that. But first, perhaps tell us um, how you... Um, came to that sort of light bulb moment of creating this this great platform. Thank you very much. Yeah, and it's um, so kind of you to invite me on. Thank you. Um, so my background, I think everybody in sustainability, not everybody, but a lot of people come from all sorts of different walks of life. It's obviously such a kind of key issue for us all at the moment. But my own background was actually in PR and marketing communications. And I worked for a number of years for major London agencies um, and then latterly ended up with my own agency in Guildford for about 13 years and um, really loved it as a career Um yeah, was was worked on all sorts of things from kind of a food and drink, lots of food and drink, actually, including champagne, which was fabulous, um, through to kind of retail, lots of leisure. Um, but actually, um, quite a lot of clients along the way um, were um, kind of pet and vet clients, as I call them. And actually, animals have always been a passion of mine, wildlife, etc. has always been a passion. So it suited me really well. So many years ago, I guess the first one that I worked with was... Um, um, pet plan and actually PR'd the um, vet of the year competition for a few years for them and um, had lots of fun and games with, with them um, and um, so more recently other clients that I've worked with um, have been people like um, Mark Evans who is a former RSPCA chief vet um, who then actually became a TV personality and was doing quite a lot of work with Channel 4 on kind of pet behaviour and, and dog behaviour and, and kind of natural um, history and science. So we worked quite a lot together and, and so there was quite a lot of kind of veterinary stuff going on in the background there. Um, and I worked, um, in fact, actually how I made uh, met Jade Stat at, at Street Vet. Um, I was actually working for the Dog Fest series of events, so like Glastonbury, but for dogs. And um, so that was really interesting for um, yeah, quite a number of their shows. And we also used to um, PR the um, uh, Pet of, of, of the Year show up in the NEC. Um, but a lot of the um, things that were going on at all these shows were charities of one uh, shape or, or form. And um, so that was obviously a kind of key component in the whole PR, something that was going to really interest the media and and um, not kind of overly commercial voices, but yeah, just just really interesting human and and kind of animal interest stories. So um, yes, I, I met uh, Jade through that originally, and then went on to work for. Um, hope I'm not going to leave anybody out here, but uh, Republic of Cats, which is the cat spin-off of Tails.com, um, and uh, yeah, all sorts of, of uh, companies really. So then. Um, 
COVID hit and obviously the world was all a bit weird. Um, I was still doing kind of PR stuff, but all of the events and things had, had obviously been canned. Um, but I actually started working a lot more with Jade at that point because I'd done a bit of kind of pro bono work for her um, through my agency anyway. Um, and then um, she was doing just the most amazing job with setting up homeless hostels so we worked together and, and got a loads of tv and things on those and um hopefully some really good exposure and and you know some some extra support out there for just an incredible charity but um yeah i was still trundling along um running my agency and then i had um a light bulb moment one day um, and I just was walking out of the front door um, one lunchtime and there was a delivery driver coming in and I thought, hmm, that's a bit strange. I can see he's actually come on his moped, but he's bringing a package from a cafe that's literally about a three minutes walk away. And um, oh my goodness. Yeah. And he's bringing a bubble tea and it's a plastic beaker and a plastic top and a plastic straw. And he's bringing it in not one but two plastic bags with a load of serviettes. And, oh, there's a plastic knife and fork inside as well. How ridiculously wasteful. Anyway, I said, oh, it's to the girl upstairs. And um, about an hour or so later, we had a shared kitchen area. And um, there were recycling bins. And I saw the drink completely untouched in all its packaging glory in the landfill bin right next to paper recycling and card recycling. And I just thought, my goodness, this girl's about 26. She's of the generation that's going to kind of inherit all of this mess. Why is it that she doesn't think to live more sustainably? What is it about people that, you know, they, they yeah, live like that, really? So I thought there must be ways that people could change their behavior for the better. Um, and I just kept waking up at three o'clock in the morning. It was kind of gnawing away at me. Um, and I had been working actually quite a lot with um, an amazing psychologist at the University of Hartford um, on believability. So as humans, what we believe, why we believe things and how you can harness that for really powerful communications. And I thought, well, with that knowledge that we've kind of been using as a PR agency to kind of make our campaigns more powerful, maybe what I could do is um, use that knowledge and also kind of bolt it on to what I've been doing for my kind of virtually all my professional career, which is making really kind of persuasive, interesting campaigns that either are encouraging people to kind of buy a product or um, uh, buy onto a service or potentially change their behavior as well. And I thought maybe I could marry those two things up and look at creating an, an e-learning platform because I'd actually been looking at the UN who are saying, you know, with climate change at the moment, it's not just... We, we can't just leave it to big business and governments. We all as individuals um, have to play our part, but also we have to unite. And that really is going to create massive um, combined social or, you know, impact. So I thought maybe this could be an idea. And I kept waking up, as I say, thinking there must be a hundred little ways that people could change their behavior. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, right. A hundred ways in a hundred days. Let's see if that's a thing. So that's where the kind of the idea started. Brilliant. That's excellent. Yeah, Petplan is a great company. I know uh, they're already really working towards net zero as well. So, and a lot of animal companies, I think, have a desire also to help the environment because, of course, if the environment is messed up, then humans and animals are going to find it more and more difficult to live in, in those areas in you know in in a good way, aren't they? 
Oh, absolutely. I think it's so, so, so important. I mean, we're all kind of linked, aren't we? And uh, yeah, I think it's important for all of us. We talk a lot now about one one um, health and it is very much human, animal and planet as well. And I absolutely agree with you. I think it's so important that, you know, whilst people will look to government and big business, there is a huge responsibility that we have as individuals and those little actions that we take if enough people take those actions, that adds up to a huge amount. And of course, as individuals, if enough of us say to, you know, a company, well, we don't like the fact that you're using too much packaging, that can have a big effect as well. But I think if I've got it right, the 100 ways in 100 days is very much more, let's look at what our own responsibilities are. Because I think there is a tendency for us sometimes to try and bat responsibility to somebody else isn't there we talk a lot about our rights but not necessarily as much about our responsibility so it's something I really like about the uh, the platform that you're doing that and and I think the why is really powerful as well and and often that little light bulb moment that you have which is the this packaging um, also not good from a mental health perspective and an exercise perspective because walking out of the building and down the street is really important and I suppose maybe COVID has taken some people out of that habit because they were used to being at home and having things delivered to them so uh, it's a really interesting story and it sounds like you've already started to make some great progress Um, so, so tell us a little bit more about how the actual platform and how the program actually works so, um, yeah, I um, fairly early on started talking to um, people at the University of Surrey about um, putting something together because I had a whole load of ideas. So, um, yeah, all, all sorts of things in daily life, which I'll, I'll come on to in a moment. But I actually thought if I come up with lots of kind of interesting little lessons and, and nuggets that people can do, um, I'm not a climate scientist. I um I know also from my PR career that actually, if you make a statement about something, it's got to be correct. Because if you don't get something correct, um, there's always going to be people who um, have got an opinion on it or will tell you it's wrong or so on. So I really, really wanted complete kind of credibility in the programme. So um, the doctoral college actually at the university have been incredible in terms of their support. And um, they funded... um, PhD researchers to look at um, a whole framework of sustainability so that if we make any claims about anything, um, it's it's got to have kind of um, basically gone through a whole kind of tick box process um, that there is proper academic backup for all the claims that we make or it comes from a really um, kind of reputable charity or NGO, that kind of thing. So we've got, although it's kind of a bit like a pyramid, you'll have a kind of a fun fact about something and what to do with it. There's kind of layers and layers underneath that actually are linked into um, both uh, kind of academic uh, research or whatever, as I say, um, but also the UN Sustainable Development Goals as well. They kind of speak to all of those. And plus we've got a kind of element of psychology as well well so my old psychologist that I mentioned a while ago that I worked with um, in my PR career had actually retired so what the university um, 
agreed to do was actually get one of their um, psychologists to completely rewrite that report. So we look at things like um, fake news and stuff, which is all about kind of what we believe and what we kind of take in and absorb and act upon. Um, so that's been really, really super helpful. And I think in terms of behaviour change, um, what we've been working on quite a lot is the fact that the more little tiny um, uh, kind of steps you take it just becomes so much easier to kind of fit them into your daily habits and if everybody is doing the same thing around you it just becomes normalized and it actually is so much easier to do and what we found when piloting 100 ways and I will give you some examples in a minute because otherwise it's all a bit theoretical is that actually we've trialed it with various companies from kind of ad agencies through to financial services organizations through to kind of housing associations and actually the employee engagement of people getting together across kind of departments and ages and demographics and things has been really really strong because they've actually got something that's kind of fun and engaging that's in common yeah. and it sets up kind of conversations that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise um, and I think also um, you know one of the things is sometimes it's seen as being a little bit boring whereas also now a lot of these things that you're discussing actually make financial sense as well in that they will actually save save money and I suppose one of the things I talk a lot about is that for a lot of companies and even talking to big companies it can be we don't we, we we're worried about this whole ESG area and we want to get more involved but we just don't know where to start and actually the I think it's a Chinese proverb that the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step and actually once you take that first step you know maybe you stop using um, plastic one-use drink bottles and you think about using a soda stream instead or whatever, or if you just use tap water, that's a first step. And then you can add another step and another step, which is this nice thing of the program of they are single steps, which presumably the majority are pretty easy to do. But as you get onto the journey and as you're enjoying the journey, you will become a bit more ambitious in the things that you do. So solar panels... You know, which I've had on my house for 14 years, probably aren't people's first step. But at some point, as they learn more and more and they get more excited about it, they're prepared to invest more of their time and money into this journey that they're on. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> going back to your point about the money-saving thing, um, 60% of all the, the ways we call the modules um, that we have on the programme are actually money-savers. So it could be either for your company or for you personally. So um, one of my, well, actually, one of the things that goes down really well is we've got a module called Ban the Biro. And actually, if you look at all the plastic pens that we've all got in our cars and our drawers and, you know, hanging around the kitchen and things, um, 1.6 billion of those go into landfill and states alone every year. So this this particular um, way looks at, um, well, look at more sustainable writing. Um, so, for instance, instead of plastic pens, um, look at maybe uh, using pencils or they've got these great kind of um, endlessly refillable um, fountain pens now that don't have single-use plastic cartridges but actually the housing association that we were working with very recently um, I mean they do have a lot of employees um, agreed but they said goodness me we've just checked with our stationary people and if we switched pencils instead of plastic pens in one year alone we could save 700 pounds and it was quite extraordinary and then um, <clears throat> so when we we actually surveyed um, people who were actually living in the housing association um, homes 
and they did a program as well. And actually, four and five of them said that they saved up to ten pounds a week just by being more green. So five hundred and twenty pounds a year is not, you know, chicken feed in this day and age. And actually, one in six say that it saved them up to twenty five pounds a week, so thirteen hundred pounds a year. So I think even if you're not thinking particularly you know, with a green head on, it makes sense from that point of view alone. And actually, if we can just make it really easy for people, um, it's a kind of win-win, really. I think also now, in some ways, it doesn't matter whether you're a committed environmentalist like I have been for the last 40 years and have done things because it just felt like the right thing to do, or you're doing it to save money, provided that it's helping the planet. I I don't care which way people come at it because... We just need more and more people to be thinking in a way that is sustainable for the planet, either as a main focus or as a byproduct. I completely agree with you. And probably, you know, there's lots of ways of skinning a cat. It's probably the worst possible expression that I could come up with with a veterinary forum. But yeah. I think, you know, the the, the yeah. yes, that's the principle really, isn't it? Um, and um, I think, you know, it's just all about making pe- things really interesting for people um, and making it easy. So we've got another one where we've actually, um, cling film is, is in the main horribly unrecyclable. Um, so we kind of look at that. Actually, there is recyclable cling film, in my opinion. It doesn't work particularly well. But we've got a rap artist doing the bad rap rap. So that's just really good fun. And he talks about different ways that you can kind of, um, you know, cook and preserve your food and those kind of things and then we've got we look at um soap which actually uh uses i think uh, 10 times less um water than um liquid soaps and those kind of things so we've got a really kind of cute little kind of beauty video on that and then we've got another one i don't know how well this would work in a a kind of veterinary practice setup but um called um wear the oldest clothes to work day and that looks at fast fashion and if it was a country it'd be the third largest polluter in the world so actually everybody kind of rocks up for a bit of a dress-up day or even if they're working from home and we had one lady wearing her auntie's 30 year old sari and somebody else has got a vintage shirt somebody else has got you know their kind of Mm. going away jacket from their wedding and actually again it's one of those things that people just then end up swapping notes and and just having a bit of fun and it takes all the scary stuff away from it and actually makes it achievable for people so I think yeah whichever way you can get people and there's lots of different there's food and drink modules whichever is kind of you know gets people's interest Mm. um is you know all all to the good I think as far as I'm concerned well I I was reading an article just recently in the last week about imperial leathers sales are shooting up at the moment in their in their soap. Oh, thing. I didn't know that. <laughs> having an effect, Sue. You're having an effect. Oh, that was another old client of mine, actually. So, <laughs> well, that's amazing. Nobody will know who imperial leather is of a certain age, but you need to know. Go out and look for imperial leather in your supermarkets because, as you say, it uses a lot less plastic than. Uh, and buying the, the, the liquid soap. And some of it can look so cool in your bathroom as well. Some yeah. of these kind of handmade ones and things. But, yeah, uh... exactly. <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, I must admit, I do keep hold of clothes for a long time, working on the principle that at some point they will come back into fashion. <laughs> but they do. It's, it's yeah. yeah circular, isn't it? And then um, I think probably... There are lots that are, you know, apart from pens and and that kind of thing, that are very kind of much more workplace orientated. Well, actually, no, it's for home as well. So um, I didn't actually know this until recently, but um, there's uh, dark data, which is all of the data out there 
that um, is single use. Um, so basically it all sits in the cloud and everybody thinks, oh, I've got a paperless office. This is amazing. But actually there is a carbon footprint to all that data yeah. that's swimming around there. Um, so I think um, there were some figures that came out of Loughborough University to say that 65% of data generated is never used um, and 15% is out of date as well. Um, so, um, I mean, there are loads and loads of things that you can kind of do about that. But yeah, data, it's its kind of, I'm just looking at my notes here. Um, it's predicted to account for more carbon emissions than the automotive, aviation and energy sectors combined um, in, in kind of short order. So it's just little things like when you get excess emails, don't just delete them. Actually, if it's a newsletter or something you're not going to read, um, unsubscribe because then that stops it swimming around in the ether there. Um, it's things like not CCing all your colleagues if you don't need to. Even things like, and I'm probably the worst exponent of this, but, you know, kind of sending back smiley faces to people and, you know, have a great weekend and all the rest of it. But it almost even goes down to the, without being rude, um, trying to kind of cut all your unnecessary communications to a minimum, really. And it might be that you have a, you know, a dark, de a dark data digital detox on a Friday afternoon or something and just commit a bit of time. But, yeah, there's lots of things both individuals and companies can do um, with those kind of things, too. Yeah, it's something we very much look at at Webinar Vest for our carbon footprint, which we've measured. And it's difficult because, of course, the company is now much more virtual. So we have people living in different parts of the country and even one or two who live abroad. So um, we're look, we look at, you know, at data centers that are using sustainable energy, et cetera. Uh, but you're right. I think there is a tendency to think there is no carbon footprint there. And of course, of course, there is one of my, um, well, two things, interesting things. I was at Sustainability Live and one of the data centers was actually um, producing so much heat that they actually used it um, to heat a, a swimming pool for the local council. Fantastic. So there is that circularity that we can make use of as well. But then looking at things, I've always been very nervous about all of the um, uh, of the uh, virtual currencies like Bitcoin, the amount of electricity to produce those uh, makes, it, makes me very nervous of being, you know, at all involved in that. And in fact, one of my um, challenges for this year is to get 300 vets to put solar panels on their roof because we talk a lot about you know get your energy from a sustainable energy provider like good energy or octopus but obviously to do that we need to have more and more people producing sustainable energy and obviously that can be done in a big way you know with wind farms and solar farms but actually we all have roofs and again as you said if you have some money to invest at the moment and you invest it in a bank where you get a 5% return, but inflation is at 5%, then in fact, the money is is slowly devaluing. Whereas if you stick it into something that produces some common good, be it um, renewable energy, once you've paid that off, which now I think you can pay off within five or six years, of course, then it is money that is, is you know, not only um, is being invested every year, you're making money from the electricity but it's also good for the planet as well so um, I think renewable energy is a huge part of this but obviously it's not an easy first step mm. not for everybody because the expense of it I, I would love to see more houses being built 
just with solar panels on their roof to start with. Yeah, it's surprising that it hasn't kind of, um, you know, gained more traction already, really. But I think some areas of the construction industry are quite kind of slow to catch up. But I mean, others are doing amazing things. I have been talking to, yeah, lots, lots of different ones who, are, you know, have green running absolutely through their DNA. But um, yeah, it's all, all uh, lots of stuff to work, work towards, I think. I think this is definitely <clears throat> something we've been very passionate about you know, before I started Webinar Vet, but it's been very much a part of our DNA and we're doing it because it's the right thing to do. But it's interesting because I've been talking a lot about this and, you know, in fact, Surrey University came to our Veterinary Green Discussion Forum, uh, you know, a great, um, I think, advocate of, of green energy and, and just of being more sustainable. But I think also companies are more and more being drawn and individuals, obviously, to companies that, seem to give a damn about the environment as well. So those of uh, those companies who, who jump on this early, I think there will be a competitive advantage towards it, won't there? Oh, there's huge amounts of um, uh, research and evidence out there at the moment that says in terms of... Um, yeah, talent recruitment, it's absolutely a big win. Um, yeah. Keeping people for longer, it's yeah. its a big win. Um, and also, I think, uh, you know, for procurement, if you're trying to kind of sell anything, um, then, you know, procurement departments and things are really requiring um, people to show green credentials and show that they're on the, the route to net zero. Um, they're not just kind of planning it, but they're actually doing things about it now as well, which probably isn't quite so relevant in the kind of veterinary side. But um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely everywhere, but certainly in terms of recruitment and and I think also customers as well. If you've got a green practice, I mean, personally for me, if I had three vets near me and I was going to choose one and one was kind of obviously green and and you know obviously a good practice as well that's probably the one that I would go for mm. um, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to be kind of voting with their feet and their paws and things like that. I love the idea of the pens and I loved when I was at school writing with a ink pen and they have rather fallen out of fashion to the biro. I think it was a Hungarian chap called Biro who... I know. I'm, I'm, yeah, hopefully I won't get sued at some point. But <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, obviously that's a really great tip. Um, but perhaps give us a couple of other tips that would be useful for vets uh, or for vet employees that are easy for us to do. Maybe what, what are your three tips that you want to impart as we come towards the end of the podcast? Yeah, so I think probably one of the easiest things that you can um, do is, um, I don't know if, if everybody's heard of Ecosia yet, but essentially, rather than default going to Google or one of the others, Ecosia actually um, works on 200% renewable energy. So it has its own wind farms and, and solar and all the rest of it. So it actually puts energy back into the grid. But for every, I think it's 45th search you do, it plants a tree. So um, you can actually see a little kind of counter um, on your um, kind of monitor so you can kind of keep tabs on what you've been doing. But that, for me, is just one of the easiest things because, I mean, we all search for stuff so much of the time. And actually, you can do it from a corporate point of view as well so that you can actually kind of sign up. Um, and then, again, it's it's just great for your kind of corporate credentials if you're talking to, you know, customers, stakeholders, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and um, they're, they're kind of growing and growing in strength. So I think, you know, with all of these things, people could probably say well you know 
Google, it's so big, it's so, you know, AI, it's amazing. And I think, obviously, AI, it's machine learning. So if you can't find something on Ecosia, maybe you go to Google for a quick search, but then go back to Ecosia, because then it will have kind of learned that it's searching for those things. So the more people use it, the better it gets. But I have found that it's just been amazing the couple of years that I've been using it. Um, and then there's things like... Um, I must have just just say I I use Ecosia on my on my phone. So I was just looking for my phone now, but I don't think it's here because I was just going to show Ecosia on my phone. But uh, for those of you who are video podcasting rather than just listening, but uh, yeah, Ecosia is really great. And then just two more completely different ones again. So um, a lot of people are still buying bottled water. And um, certainly it's no better for your health. And there's all sorts of kind of scientific evidence to show that. Um, But actually, if you're buying bottled water, it's 500 times more expensive than if you're going to get it out of the tap. Mm. Um, So it's like paying, I think, £1,500 for a pint of beer or something, which is a bit crazy. Mm. Um, So the tip there really is just to, um, yeah, always keep your kind of refillable water bottle by your keys um, and and your phone so that you don't kind of forget it when you go out um, is probably the easiest one. Um, And then the other thing that actually um, it's not in the program at the moment, but we're doing a module on, which is definitely kind of gaining quite a bit of interest at the moment, is actually greening your pension um, because um, they they do say. And again, there's quite a lot of um, there was a big study at the beginning of this year um, that suggests that making your pension green is actually 21 times more positive than cutting your carbon footprint um, than stopping flying, going vegetarian and switching to a green energy provider combined. Um, that was from, I don't know if everybody knows Richard Curtis from um, uh, Love Actually and, and the, the kind of brains yeah. behind those. But he's set up Make My Money Matter, um, which is a really interesting campaign. You can go online and check that out. But I think actually if you're talking to your employer or if you're in HR or whatever, one of the easiest things is actually just look at, you know, what your pension provider is doing because, um, a lot of pensions are kind of switching to the more um, kind of green aspects. Um, and actually, if they're not, then there's plenty of, of others who are doing the right thing and, you know, not necessarily um, or not at all investing in fossil fuels and, and things like that, but actually things that are good for the planet, but are also going to get you a return for your pension. So that's a super, super powerful thing to do. And I think particularly a lot of young people they don't really think of pensions, but actually when they see what a lot of their pension is potentially going to pay for, um, which is a lot of bad stuff a lot of the time that just yes. you know, is, is not on the radar, that's a, certainly an easy thing that you can do. One of the things that has actually worked out really well on the platform as well, um, which isn't you know necessarily to do with just sustainability, um, was the fact that um, one of the modules we've got, for instance, is called Nurturing Nature, And it looks at biodiversity and um, the power of nature. Um, But it's actually quite a kind of mindfulness piece. It's got kind of birdsong and babbling brooks and and that kind of thing. Um, And people have really, really got into that in a big way. We've got a chat function on the platform and people have been um, chatting with each other, talking about how important nature is to them. And, um, uh, and, you know, in today's stressful, you know, lives and whatnot, how much uh, you know, animals and nature and things are important to them. Um, so we've had people 
kind of saying, you know, I'm I'm just signing up to my local wildlife trust um, this weekend. Anybody got any other hints and tips? And, and just saying how much that kind of getting back into nature is is really helping them cope with so many everyday stresses and strains and things. That's brilliant, Sue. And I think even just sometimes slowing down to stroke your dog or cat can have a massive difference as well, can't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's been shown endlessly, hasn't it? And we all as animal lovers know that instinctively. But yeah, it, there's just nothing like it is there getting out into nature, cuddling a dog or a cat. Um, just a final thing, Sue. Obviously, if people are interested in knowing more about 100 Ways in 100 Days, both as individuals, and I think you said that a lot of companies are also using it. How might they find out more about it? So, um, yes, the website is www.100ways.eco, and that's 100 as in the, the number 100. So www.100ways.eco. Um, so primarily at the moment, or, or up to now, the platform has been aimed at um, employee organisations, so um, companies for their employees. And it doesn't matter if, if they're kind of, um, you know, chairman or if it's, um, you know reception or whatever um, everybody it's it's kind of works for everybody um, but also um, hopefully by the time this comes out or certainly a couple of days afterwards we're actually going to get a new 100 ways program which is um, designed for individuals <clears throat> so the, the company one at the moment runs over a three-month period um, and and that's great for kind of behavior change and what our psychologist has told mm-hmm. us kind of really helps things sink in with people but also the the um the express one for individuals has got a lot of that as well but it's just um kind of condensed into a shorter time because i think that's just much easier for people to kind of jump in and and really get on with it so that's a um that'll be more um just over a month um and that will be available to buy on the website um in a couple of weeks so yeah love people to go there and we've got lots of interesting stuff about sustainability and amazing people doing amazing things on our blog um yeah follow us there sign up for more information and uh yeah we'd love to have chats with people and, and see what we can do together. Fantastic, Sue. I think it's um, amazing what you're doing. Also just promulgating that message that the individual matters in this and that individuals can do a massive amount as well. So uh, thank you for everything that you're doing. And uh, it's been lovely having you on the podcast. It's been such a great opportunity and so lovely to chat to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sue. And thanks everyone for listening. This is Anthony Chadwick, the webinar vet. This has been another episode of Vet Chat. Take care. See you soon. Bye.